What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Hubert. In this episode, I interview Robert Zick, a software engineer at Raft, with nearly 20 years of experience in software and data engineering. Robert talks about his contribution to the recently released Apache Pinot 1.0, segment compaction for upsert enabled tables in Apache Pinot. We'll get to know Robert and his engineering background and why he is so passionate about the Apache Pinot project. Uh, Robert, uh, thanks so much for joining this crazy podcast. Um, can you give us uh, I guess a bit of an introduction to yourself, please? Yeah, thanks for having me on, uh, Hubert. Um, Robert Sick, uh, software engineer currently at uh, Raft. Um, I've got, uh, well, coming in close to uh, 20 years of uh, software uh, engineering, uh, data engineering uh, experience. Um, worked at uh, Intel and and uh, DoorDash and um, data analytics uh, startup, and um, yeah, recently uh, contributed uh, to the Apache Pinot project, um, specifically the um, upsert compaction for or uh, segment compaction for upsert enabled tables. That's uh, the feature and. Uh, it's a little bit uh, uh, about me. My um, also like my background. My software engineering background is uh, um, C sharp and Python, and now uh, writing Java Scala code. Nice, um, nice. We'll get to your uh, your your PR for Apache Pino because um, that's going to be. I'll say that to the end. <laughs> um, I kind of know you through, you know, the social uh, networks. Um, I know you as the Pinot guy. Um, you, know, you and I first met at the RTA summit last uh, last spring. Had some good times there. Um, why Pinot? What what's so special about Pinot that you? Because when I when I was talking to you, you were uh, in between jobs, and you were really picky as to what, what kind of job you really wanted. You were stressed. Apache Pino, Apache Pino. Why Apache Pino? Yeah, so when people ask me why Apache Pino, I mean, it's kind of a game changer in the kind of real-time analytic space. Um, you know, I um, worked at a, at a startup uh, many years ago uh, back in, I think, uh, 2016 uh, in those in those years and um, you know if you told me back then uh, you know there would be a, a data warehouse where you can have you know real-time data and support hundreds of thousands of queries per second and have multiple you know sub-second query latencies I wouldn't believe you right but uh, now we have such a system right uh, and it's and it's Pinot and it's um, like I you know the scalability of it and the performance of it is really kind of unprecedented. Not to and not to mention all of the other features and functionality like upsert um, and the star tree index and all of those uh, powerful indexing capabilities that it has. Um, is really kind of many of the things that. 
kind of I wish I had. I've worked with other, um, you know, OLAP uh, data warehouses, uh, SciSense and uh, Redshift, um, right, that didn't have those capabilities, like, and specifically Upsert, which kind of like I, I missed, right, in, in, a, in a data warehouse. So that's kind of like the performance, the scalability, Upsert, um, all of those things kind of, um, are reasons why I say like yeah Pino is is pretty powerful and and, and game changing which is what uh, got me really interested in in Pino it enables some really interesting uh, use cases. Hmm. Um, you've been using Pino for quite a while now and you're considered an expert in the, in the community. What would be the top and you've used it in production, obviously, in, in a yes. lot of these companies, um, delivering value. <laughs> uh, what would be the top three features in Pino that you think are critical in having a real-time use case, an analytical use case? Yeah, so but like a few different things that I think, you know, are just, you know, table stakes. Um, when we're talking about just analytics um, in general, um, I'd like to remind folks that uh, Pino and data warehouses are kind of um, gold data quality systems, right? Um, and if you're familiar with that term, this is kind of like the medallion right. uh, terminology where Right, the data is assumed to be accurate um, mm. and complete, uh, it, which may not always be the case. So, um, you know, building off of that foundation, um, and mostly for real-time data, like because we, we, you know, and some people say, you know, Pino is makes Kafka queryable. Mm. Um, so you. You need to have you know good uh, quality data to build solid metrics um, because it's no no good to be fast and scalable without having good accurate data. It doesn't matter how fast you are without mm -hmm. without that. But um, with that, um, you can quickly ingest data. Um, on the fly, add indexes, right, mm -hmm. to support your your query patterns. Hopefully, those are known to uh, your your users, right? Um, I worked at um, DoorDash for some time, where it's uh, as kind of a kind of a platform team, so helping to um, other people, other engineering teams to adopt. Pino and provide them the tooling and the understanding of what um, indexes are available to, uh -huh. to to support those use cases. Um, like that's you know part of that is is knowing which indexes are available and what optimizations you need to do um, to be successful with the with the infrastructure. Um, you have to look at um, you know how the data is also um, sharded, right? What is your partitioning, 
right? Uh, and how big are your um, segments? Um, also kind of plays into, um, you know, the, the topic of, of uh, compaction, right? Um, to ensure, you know, ultra low query latencies to minimize the amount of work um, that uh, Pino has to do to support those those use cases. Um, right, right. So like a huge requirement for a real-time OLAP, not just an OLAP database, right? A real-time OLAP is being able to attach yourself or consume data from a streaming platform like a Kafka or a Kinesis or a Red Panda and so on, right? Um, being able to query data, as you say, on Kafka. Kafka is not a query. Uh, you know, it's not really, there's no query engine on Kafka. It's not a database. <laughs> not a database, right? Um, you have to do some really interesting things to be able to query data that is in Kafka. And in, to do that and marry it with like data that's already sitting somewhere that was batched in somewhere, right? There's like historical data to have that real context of like real time and historical data. It's a, that's a really hard thing to do. I've never honestly ever seen anybody implement a Lambda architecture, but now using something like, you know, Pino, it's so easy to do. And, you know, you, you can see yourself accidentally doing it, right? <laughs> accidentally seen... doing a Lambda architecture. No, it definitely is a Lambda architecture. Oh, and absolutely. I agree. And I've seen that um, at, at various um, companies that, are adopting Pino um, for various reasons. You could have, you know, your uh, real-time data supplemented by batch or offline tables. Um, and with, you know, certain um, you know, features within Pino allow you to um, kind of consolidate um, the real-time data in, uh, into historical data, um, like the I'm referring to the real-time to offline um, table processing, but um, real real-time data isn't always as as complete, right, uh, um, as we would like in in some cases, um, and in some cases, like historical data. Or, or batch systems and data warehouses and and um, the like are, are used to are commonly used to supplement. So it's great that Pino does have like support and and integrations for um you know, for like other data sources other than Kafka and the like. Cool. And so I I read your blog. I used it. <laughs> I'm gonna to admit to everybody right now. I used it to um, to get a better understanding of how um, what the problem is and and uh, how you solve for it, right? Um, so for everybody, uh, the the commit was titled well. The, the blog is titled "Segment Compaction for Upshirt Enabled Tables in Apache Pino." So that's a lot of stuff in there. Like it's, there's there's segment compaction. There's segment. There's compaction. There's upshirt. Uh, uh, tables and then obviously Pino. 
Um, let's walk through some of those terms in your title. What's uh, and, and this is a, I, I, we'll give everybody you know a head start here. This is related to you know, consuming data from Kafka or some kind of like real time platform, um, and then you are writing it into uh, an up, a table that's enabled by upsert. What describe to me? And for the audience, what an upsert table is, and why it's so important that to marry that capability with consuming from, say, Kafka. Yeah, great question. So, just at some context, um, a few years ago, now um, the team at Uber um, introduced uh, upsert. Um, built in that capability into uh, Pino um, for their primarily for their use cases um, where they're you know tracking uh, rides and the state of rides um, and those those rides are changing states and they're doing analytics on top of that historically before um upsert existed in pino um it was basically each record that was being consumed um, or each event that's being consumed from a kafka topic each record was being uh, appended to the table uh, which are you know underneath the hood stored as segments which are uh, collections of files stored on the pino servers so um without uh, upsert, um, you would have, you know, say you have a, a record that's being updated um, multiple times or continuously, you would have every single version of that record um, within your query results. Mm. And essentially, um, there is a table or map in memory uh, on the Pino servers. Uh, now that um, gets populated uh, with, you know, the record, like a pointer to the record, which is represents the latest version of that record. So whenever um, uh, the table is ingesting new data, is essentially adding or updating records in that table in memory. So. Mm -hmm when uh, a query is sent to that absurd uh, enabled table um, it's going to use that um, in-memory map to only return the latest versions of those records which makes writing sql uh, on top of that data uh, much easier if you want to you know eliminate um, the older versions of those records however um the the in the under the underlying older versions of those records are still available are still written to the segment um uh meaning that if you're you can always um you know submit a sql query that disables like the upsert filtering right there's an option uh uh for that you can still access that data but if you're um you know, no longer querying that those older versions of those records, or they're just overhead for you, right? This is ah. 
the problem that compaction solves by uh, regenerating that segment and creating a, a new version of that segment with just the latest versions uh, without the, the older ones. So you mentioned so, too, it actually like huge advantages that you, that this, this, this whole use case provides, right? So number one, when I query uh, um, Pino or, or even just any typical database, right? If I wanted to get the latest version of, uh, of an append only immutable store, I have to add logic in there to get that latest record, right? And that latest record, that, that logic actually takes resources and cycles to be able to do, right? Um, and if I do it wrong, it could be inaccurate. If I'm doing, you know, math on top of those results, like I could be, you know, and if I'm just do, making business decisions based on that math, it's even scarier to know yes. that you're you're doing this complicated, you know, um, uh, windowing function or however you're trying to get that latest record out of uh, out of a, a table. Um, it, it's it's it makes your data less trustworthy, really. And at the end, um, yeah. so other that, ways that we kind of remediate data, right? If there's data issues, like you said, it's pretty scary when there are businesses decisions and the 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 data isn't accurate, right? Other mm -hmm. like because Pino is a like a you know uh, mostly a, a kind of a write once uh, mostly immutable uh, data store. Like mm -hmm. If you have know battery inaccurate data um, you basically have to regenerate the data and replace it um, mm. like in general um, so using those same underlying like infrastructure that was built into mm. Pinot to be able to replace segments is also what's going on here in compaction but instead of rewriting data replacing data we're just kind of um, compacting it so let's delve into that compaction a little bit, right? Um, the problem you're trying to solve is really giving you more space back, right? Uh, right. What What else is it trying to solve as well? That's that is the primary uh, goal of compaction to make your your segments smaller. Um, mm. And hopefully down the road, right, um, adding more functionality to to compact because um, smaller segments are are easier to manage. Um, yes, they give you like the storage space, like on Pinot servers, is you know is is limited, um, and it's valuable. I mean, um, so it's. In, having compaction frees up uh, the storage to allow you to to make better use of of the the local um typically as ssds um but like also um it will uh, allow for better query uh performance if there's um smaller or less uh, segments that uh, need to be processed for for a query. So, and this is res this whole idea resonates with me because you know obviously I used to work for Confluent, and um, which is a Kafka company. And when you said compaction, I, and I thought, oh, I know what that is. 
Yes. <laughs> so that's, and, and, that's, and then, that's why I, that's why I named it that way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of similarities that really extend Kafka, um, the its ideas and features into Apache Pino, right? That you are applying. You're basically extending Kafka. <laughs> You know what I mean? Kafka has compaction and, and, and um, uh, compacted topics. Now you are enabling that same capability in Pino. You know, they're 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 like uh, conjoined twins. <laughs> yes, there's a in some in some way. relationship there. There's a lot yeah. of yeah. Compaction is is one of those things that um, you see um, in many different. Types of of systems uh, like RocksDB also has its own, um, you know, form of compactions with uh, SS tables, right? Um, Kafka also has its own, and and now and now Pino, um, be, because of the the absurd um, uh, functionality, other forms of kind of merging segments pre like. Uh, already exist in, in Pino as well to kind of improve um, query latencies. Um, but like I said, compaction for absurd tables is is at this point primarily to for freeing up um, storage space. Um, I'm assuming you've used, I mean, you, you've obviously tested. Is, do you know anybody that's um, really looking for, like within your own use cases or people that are like, they're just chomping at the bit to try to start using this this new compaction feature? Yeah, so um, I have um, talked to on multiple occasions, some of the folks at uh, Uber, they're, mm. um, as you can imagine, heavy, um, users of of uh, of upsert, um, they're using it for lots of different uh, use cases and are are looking forward um, to using it. Um, we'll oh we'll see, you know um, how well um, you know they have yet to kind of um, report like formally. Um, their their usage on on mm. compaction. I mean, if they have, it's, it it must be significant, right? <laughs> because uh, if there's at least, if you think of like CDC, right, and like slowly changing dimensions uh, through years of like many many users, there's got to be a lot of that data you can just like wipe out that you don't need anymore. Oh yes, compact. So uh, there's got to be significant. Yeah. Stuff. If you think about rides and how often those are changing and like the volume of of Uber and, um, you know, how, um, you know, resource intensive that is and from a storage perspective. Um, yeah, they would uh, they would have a lot of, of gain and, and from my kind of small local testing, it's um, the the savings um, are are significant. Um, let's put a really simple use case together, right? Let's like from soup to nuts, the beginning where the the events are coming, and all the way to Pinot, and somebody querying that data. Let's put one together and see if we're putting if we're using upsert and compaction um, 
correctly, right? So I have uh, an application, like you know, the microservice. There's a there's a database in there. Um, I want to get like users out of there, right? Or cust let's say customers. I want to get customers out of the the database. First thing I do is I need to get I need to subscribe to changes to that table in that in that uh, let's say Postgres um, a database. So mm -hmm. I have to set up like some kind of CDC tool if it doesn't have one already, right? So I would have to either use a like a, a Debezium or CDC or some other kind of CDC connector that will pull that data out and put it into Kafka. So now that data is in Kafka, right? What does it mean for that? What does that data look like in Kafka? It's, it's probably a compacted topic, right? Because you are taking data from what is, I guess, a, like a table, let's say, of 10 records in it. When you look at Kafka, it tries to emulate that, but not so much, you know, it, like depending on what your compaction ratio, you know, um, retention is, it it at least saves the latest record of that in each in, in the topic, or in this case, um, the customer's topic. Uh, Anna from Confluent likes to call these these topics table topics. I don't know if you you knew that um, uh, table topics. So we have table topics which are typically compacted, right? In in Kafka. Uh, what happens there? I'll let you like kind of finish off this 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 uh, use case. Like, what do we do now that we have streaming data of of customers in Kafka? How does Pinot make all that easy to to look at uh, these customers? Yeah. So if you're um, you know, depending on which kind of version of of Pinot uh, you're uh, using, there's different ways of um, setting up your um, table config, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but whichever way you're using, basically you have to say, you know, where's my uh, Pinot broker? Uh, sorry, my uh, Kafka broker. Mm -hmm. Uh, which topic and the credentials, and you also have to um, specify the schema um, with some of the the tooling that uh, StarTree provides, like the data manager, and it will do some inspection and uh, determining what the data looks like. So it makes it a little bit easier to use, but um, you can also configure your, your schema definitions uh, manually um, in JSON uh, format. Um, when you're, you know, configuring an upturn-enabled table, you also have to um, specify the primary key. You know, ah. which which column or set of columns mm. are used to uniquely identify a record. Uh, I see. So I'm starting to put the picture together. I have. I'm going to define a table in Pino, right? I'm going to tell it what the schema is so that it could kind of format that data into the appropriate, you know, structure in, in Pino. But the key here, the pun, is the primary key, right? Yes. Which allows which allows the upsert, which really enables what upsert is. Like it goes by primary key, right? Correct. 
And so if it exists, I update it. Obviously, if it doesn't, it it, uh, it uh, inserts it or updates it. However, I said that. Um, so right. now you have that enabled. Um, and now, now you have like every time anybody changes a user out of those ten tables um, in 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 Postgres, you're going to get a record for every one of those changes, right? In in Pino, you're going to have this append only um immutable table in pino and you're saying oh i i made too many changes to this table i am you know using up a lot of unnecessary space right you then do what <laughs> yeah so yeah inside of your your pino table you also conf uh, configure a task uh, which is the upsert compaction task uh, which i i, I developed uh, with the help of uh, uh, Jackie and a and, uh, couple of others. And what that task, uh, you configure basically um, a, a few things. Um, the, the schedule, um, the buffer time period, um, the invalid records threshold percent, or invalid records threshold count, or both. So the, the uh, schedule... I see the task is ran by the, the minion, right? And architecture, there is the, uh, the controller. Mm -hmm. um, and the controller is, um, you know, it, it has these um, tasks registered and it sees that your table has a task and based off the schedule will generate We'll call the task. There's kind of two parts to um, tasks. There's a generator and there's an executor. So there's mm -hmm. kind of like two interfaces there. The generator generates the the tasks, um, and the executor executes uh, those tasks. And underneath the hood, it, this is using the the minion uh, task framework, which is also um, built. It's an abstraction layer on top of Helix um, and Pino um, heavily depends on um, Apache Helix for task execution and um, yeah, and other things. Yeah, so these minions, um, I love minions because they are basically do all the things that Pino doesn't really want to do, even though they are part of Pino. They're asynchronous tasks that are running in the background ingesting data, optimizing data, compacting data in your case, um, just to make, you know, more, um, more performant, uh, more scalable and, and so on. I wish, wish Kafka yeah. always had, you know, had that thing, but it was always ran within the brokers, right? They're not a separate uh, thing like the minions are. I almost think that if you were to put the features of Pino along with a, Kafka that you would have a really nice streaming database where that you could see, <laughs> you know, topics, you write to topics and streaming streamed and then query them in real time. Right. Uh, um, but maybe that's a, a feature for the future. Right. Um, Pino minions are, are great. You know, Pino wants you to use minions yeah. because, you know, uh, the servers, and the, the brokers are heavily you know, focused and busy 
um, serving queries, right? That query path is um, is critical. Like it's very, very performance uh, sensitive. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, uh, tasks and work to be done outside of that. Like querying is like kind of like, you know, the very kind of um, final step in, in time in, in terms of like the data um, like preparation that's at the final point of, of like of extracting the data out of the system it has to be ingested and transformed and you know optimized um, and a lot of those things uh, can be performed with with minions um, and I'm just saying that there are other types of tasks um, uh, type, other types of minion tasks um, that you can run to also alleviate the need of setting up yet another system to work with Pina, which wasn't always the case. Like you would have to stand up other uh, systems to uh, for for data ingestion, for example, is is, uh, is a big one. So yeah. So um, yes, this feature, from what I could tell, is in the next uh, major release release of Apache Pino 1.0. It's a significant release. And therefore, your your feature there should definitely be in there. Um, are you uh, working on any other uh, um, issues or, or PRs for for Apache Pino? I'm um, working on uh, for Pino Docs, um, in, like adding some um, documentation for absurd uh, compaction. Okay, um, but I'm not working on any other uh, features or, or contribution to the to the Pino project at the moment, right? Um, hopefully, we'll um, in in the next. Uh, but you know, thinking about and 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 planning and, and hoping to get some some time to to contribute uh, more uh, to the, the project. There are, there are some things that uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to like to see um, if they're um, possible or, or doable um, uh, for, for Pino. Um, some things that we're talking about um, uh, here at Raft, but um, not able to kind of go into those okay. um, further uh, for, at, at the moment, maybe, maybe next time. Mm. Um, thank you for your contribution. Uh, That's a good one. Um, what's uh, what's new with you, and where can we find you? Uh, are you going to um, current next week? I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my first uh, uh, current, and um, and uh, I think it's it's going to be uh, great to to see um, uh, Pino and and the, the the whole community of of um, real time uh, data coming together to kind of exchange ideas and um, discuss different approaches and um, you know making kind of uh, real time more of a um, kind of de facto standard or norm in the kind of uh, analytics and, and data space, right? Uh, 
Um, congratulations on your your uh, your role at um, at Raft as well. Um, tell me about Raft. Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, I started with uh, Raft um, uh, about a month ago, and it is um, we're a contractor um, for the Department of the Defense. Um, and uh, we're we're using Kafka and and uh, looking to um, set up Pino and use it for some some use cases. Um, we have kind of a real time um, uh, data platform. Um, not sure how much I can uh, get into it because of the you know the sensitivity right. with the military um, application, but. Um, you know, in, in general, we're we're interested in um, you know tracking of um, of um, a variety of different vessels for defense uh, purposes um, in in real time and for uh, yeah. And so um, yeah, we're we're talking about uh, setting up Pino for some critical uh, use cases. So we're happy to. Uh, get back to you about you know that in the future uh, if I can. Wow, sounds really interesting, uh, Robert. Again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to uh, hanging out with you next week at Current. And um, thanks again. Uh, until next time. Until yes. your next commit to uh, Pino. <laughs> thanks, Hubert. Yep. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Yeah. See you. Bye bye.